Amen. I do know that tomorrow morning is Sunday, so we won't be long here this evening, but what a blessing to see the video and all that God's done over 87 years. And uh, it's, it's pretty neat to be in a church that has this much history. Uh, our church has been there since 1990, so not near so much history, but God's done a lot of great things. And uh, once in a while, we hear from some of you folks, we appreciate your prayers and just your love and support over the years, and it's good to be back at Bethel and Simcoe. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, I hope you'll allow me, this is more of just a, a bit of bragging than it is a, a message tonight, but I want to brag on the church, because you know what, I'm so thankful for the church of the living God. And, uh, you know, I was raised in church, and a lot of uh, my preacher friends, you know, they got saved out of life of crime or, you know, just different background than what I did. But I'm glad that I was raised in church. I don't have any regrets about that. I don't have any bad memories about that. Uh, the only memories that I had bad were in church was when I was bad in church. And uh, my parents were pretty good at making sure that we uh, paid for that, so... Uh, but you know what? I have all good memories about church, and I'm sure there's some of you that have grown up here and we saw 70 years. Wow, 70 years. I can't even believe that. I was over here looking at this uh, plaque and just reading some of the names of folks that have been here 40, 50, 60, 70 years. That's, that's incredible. And I'll tell you what, we don't have that much anymore, and it's sad. But in Acts chapter 9 relates to us the story of, of course, Saul, whose name was changed to Paul. But this man got gloriously saved. And when I say gloriously saved, what I mean by that is he was a new creature in Christ. I still believe that verse is true. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And uh, I'll tell you, when Jesus Christ takes up residence in your heart... You become a brand new creature. And I got a lot of things new when I got saved. And I had a lot of things that had to pass away. And the trouble that we have in our Christian life is keeping those things that died, keeping them dead. Because boy, don't they like to resurrect up in our life. But I'll tell you, Paul got gloriously saved. And when he got saved, one of the first things he did was he found himself a church. Of course, we all know of his conversion on the road to Damascus in verse number three, as he journeyed the light from heaven, he was persecuting the church and uh, he had a meeting with Jesus Christ. And I, I don't remember the date. It was never written down, but I know I was five years old, 1987 on Redhead Road in St. John, New Brunswick. My grandfather was a great preacher and he preached on hell that night at church. And we still believe in hell Thank God we believe in heaven too, amen? And, uh, and he preached on hell that night and I knew that I didn't want to go there. And you talk about it to children, that's the time to tell them about hell because no child wants to go to hell. It's just educated older people that think they can handle it. And so as a child, I knew I didn't want to go there. You know, fire and darkness and the devil, it was not a place for this five-year-old. And I went home and God was convicting my heart and my dad came up as was our habit to have prayer every night before bed. And, and so he came up and we started to talk and man, God just smote my heart. And I bowed my knee that night and trusted Jesus Christ, not with a prayer, but with my heart for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And that day at five years old, I got gloriously saved 
And amen, I left the old life of cookie stealing behind and I left the old life of lying. I wish I could say that, amen. But uh, you know, I got saved. And I, I thank God for the church because of all of my life, I met my wife in church. Praise the Lord for that. I got called to preach in church. I got saved because of a church service. And Paul had a meeting with Jesus here on the road to Damascus. And uh, he says to him in verse five, he says, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And notice in verse number six, it says, and he trembling. You know, when you meet Jesus Christ the first time, it's a little bit intimidating. Amen. Because he's so amazing. He's so wonderful. You can't believe you get, you get to be saved and have heaven and all this too. And he was trembling and he said, what wilt thou have me to do? And of course, we know as you go down through this passage of scripture, he met up with Ananias and uh, God used Ananias. But I'd have you look for a minute at verse number 26. It says, and when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed. That means he tried. He, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But... They were all afraid of him. No wonder, eh? He'd just been persecuting them in verse one, got saved, and by the way, got changed, became a new creature in Christ. The old things had passed away, and now he goes to church and says, hey, I want to join church. But they were a little intimidated. They were afraid of him. And it says, and believed not that he was a disciple. I like these next two words in the next verse, though. It says, but Barnabas. You know, my uncle, I'll never forget, growing up, he was the head usher of our church growing up. And, and uh, every Sunday that you would walk into church, Rolly Lake was there, and his hand was out, and you shook his hand before you walked into the sanctuary. And, uh, and I think about him when I read this, it says here, but Barnabas took him. And aren't you glad? I'm sure some of you have had an experience with somebody else sitting in this room that took you and mentored you and helped you and welcomed you at the church and took you to their Sunday school class. And this is what Barnabas did. He took him and he brought him to the disciples and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. I like that a lot. You know, that's what church is, coming in and going out. Now, some people like the going out more than they like the coming in, but I'm here to tell you tonight, I like coming in. I like coming into the house of the Lord. I like coming to a place where God is. And even though they had some doubts and even though there was some fear and even though there was some, you know, they were concerned about, is it true? Is it true? There was no doubt after a short time, after the testimony of another person and they received him and there was coming in and going out into verse 29, it says, and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. And boys, I'll tell you what, this world talks about discrimination and how narrow-minded we as Christians are. I'll tell you, there is no more welcoming bunch of people than God's people who will accept any sinner into their congregation who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. I have friends, uh, an evangelist friend of mine, I'm talking about bikers, a 1% outlaw biker before he got saved. I could not even begin to tell you some of the stories. You say, how is he your friend? You're a, you're a church brat. I know, but that's what Jesus does. 
Amen. When you become a new creature in Christ and they took Paul and I'm telling you, God's people are the best people. Amen. I would rather be with God's people than I would be with the people down at the ice rink or I'd rather be with the people over here doing this or down at the craft fair. God's people are the best people. And you should look at that person sitting next to you or across the pew from you and say, you know what? You're the best kind of person. I'm glad to call you my friend. Thank God for the church tonight. Amen. I know we're not supposed to be here. This is Saturday and church is tomorrow. But the Bible says there were two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. And I believe God's here tonight. Amen. And I'm thankful for church. I'm thankful for any time that the word of God is opened. You know, the church is good for a lot of things. And I'm just going to give you a couple of those here tonight. First of all, the church is a place to hear a sermon. And you know what we all need? We all need a message from God. Thank God for a place where we can go and get fed from the word of God. Amen. We know this familiar scripture for sake of time. You don't have to turn, but in Ephesians chapter four and verse 11, the Bible tells us about giving the church apostles and prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. I'll tell you what, I can point you to some messages, some sermons that I heard in church down through the years that changed my life. Starting with an old time, old fashioned message on a place called hell. Amen. But there's, I can, I can think of the names. I remember a, a message I heard as a, a young man. A, it was called an altar called Ed. And if you, you got to know what that's about, you can look it up on sermon audio and you can hear it too. I remember a message on prayerlessness. I remember a message on Romans 8 and 28 that God can work all things together for good. Amen. Church is a good place to go to be encouraged to hear a message from the Lord. In case you hadn't noticed, there's not many of those out in our community. <laughs> it's a good place to go to hear a message from the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men and God chose the foolishness of preaching and I'm so glad. Man, I'll tell you, one of my heroes, he was an evangelist for many years. Now he pastors his home church, Richard Drummond, and he is the craziest kind of preacher in the world. And we couldn't wait to get to church when he was coming through as an evangelist because he was a wild man. And he'd run down into the front of the church and all us boys would pile up on the front pew of the church because we knew he was going to mess with us in his message. Man, he'd come down there, he'd mess up our hair and slap us. Now, teenagers today, they would have a cow over that. But we couldn't wait for the man of God to interact with us and preach to us and get in our face. That was the old time way. And I remember at 14 years old, God convicted my heart and I went to the altar. It was after a message on how are the mighty fallen. And I went to the altar and I said, Lord, if serving you can be like this, I'll give my life to you. But I didn't want dead. I didn't want dry. I didn't want boring Amen. I said, but I said, Lord, if serving you can be like this, 
If you're allowed to sing, he had a family that could sing. Man, they could sing. They'd sing songs like, in the depths of the sea of God's forgetfulness. And they'd rear back and just let it go. Far removed as the darkness from dawn. All that. Man, it would stir my heart. And I said, Lord, I didn't even know you were allowed to sing like that in church. But man, when I got a little taste of that, I said, Lord, that's what I want to do. I'll give my life to you. And man, it has been my blessing and privilege now to pastor our church 14 years, to get up in the pulpit four, five times a week, in the middle of the week, teach Bible classes and discipleships and counsel. What a blessing. And you know what? The only place you can do it? In the Lord's house, where it's appreciated. I mean, you can still go out on the street and preach a message, but it, they won't like it. Church is a good place to go to hear a sermon, a message from the Lord. Amen. The Bible also tells us in Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, I've found the church a good place to gain stability in my life. Amen. You know, the Bible said that God doesn't want us to be like children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And you know, the sad state of it is that many young families, many young people, even older people, they get rocked by the change in this world because they allow their, their, their church attendance and their, their commitment to the house of God to slip and they lose their stability. That's why we see carnality and, and, you know, compromise, enter into the house of God because people aren't given to it like they used to be. But I'm telling you, this place, it's a good place to get stability in your life. Amen, I'm so thankful for the rock, Christ Jesus, that my salvation is built on. I'm so thankful for the word of God that I can trust and and live by in my life. But I'll tell you what, it sure is nice uh, once in a while in the storms of life to go down to the church house and when there's a burden on your heart, some other brother comes and fulfills the law of Christ by slipping their arm around you and bearing your burden with you. And I tell you, you won't find that out there, but you will find it in here. Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. It's a great place to get stability in your life. This world teaches, you know, be an individual, stand on your own, but God didn't make us that way. God made us to depend on one another, to learn from one another, to be a strength for one another. And I'll tell you what, the church has been a great stabilizing force in my life. And I can't help but to think somebody that would stay in one church for 70 years. I'll tell you what, that is stability. Nobody belongs to anything for 70 years anymore. But praise God for some people that were faithful through the good times and bad and stuck it out 70 years. And you know what? I hope you'll be here. You won't be passing any flowers by her or any uh, envelope by him, I'm pretty sure, in 70 years. But uh, maybe someone in here will be doing the passing. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I hope that it gives you stability in your life. Just to be part of a church like this, you're blessed. You're blessed. I'll tell you what else it does in Ephesians 4, 16. It talks about the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies. A church provides a place for you to serve. And that's what the Christian life is about. It's about being a servant. Philippians chapter two, verses five through eight, Jesus Christ himself set the example. He became a servant for us. 
Amen. We are servants. That's how Paul introduced himself so many times in his epistles. Paul, an apostle, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a servant. And you know what? The church gives us a place to serve. Amen. I never wanted to sit and watch somebody else do the work. It's a blessing to have a place where you can take the gifts that God gives you and through the work of the Holy Spirit, use those to benefit other people and the kingdom of God. And the best place to do that is in the church, in the church. Man, I was looking at the building of this place. Man, I can't even imagine that. We've got a 50 by 62 building that right now we're, uh, we're renovating, turning it into our church building. And it's such a blessing, but man, what a project this was back in the day. And all the improvements and things that have happened here, it looks great. What a blessing to have a place to serve God. <laughs> it's also a place to be a good steward of the things that God's given you. Amen. It's a blessing. In 1 Corinthians 6, 2, they said upon the first day of the week, every one of them laid by in store as God had prospered him. And there, he said that there be no gathering when I come. But I'll tell you what, I'm a, I'm a happy investor in the church. It's a great place and it's a great way to be a good steward of your money is to invest it in the work of God. Amen. You can have our RSPs and all these kind of things and we should. We should try to do that. But you know what? It's all going to go away one day. <laughs> the only thing that's going to last forever is the work that we do for Christ. Only that will last. And I'll tell you what, God loveth the cheerful giver. And when that offering plate gets passed and when that opportunity to serve is there and when there's an opportunity to give to a missions project or something like that, it's a blessing to have a place to give it. Amen. And I'll tell you what, there's got to be some givers around here. Amen. What a blessing. Praise the Lord for it. I just want to tell you, I love the church. Amen. Christ loved the church. Amen. It's his bride and it's our blessing to be a part of his bride. And you know what else? Let me finish with this tonight. It's a place of sanctification. You know, people take church membership for granted. But you know, there's certain requirements, there's certain expectations, there's certain, you know, code of behavior and conduct and responsibility that goes along with that. And you know what's a blessing about the church? It helps keep us walking the straight line. It helps keep us walking the narrow way. Amen. And once in a while, when we get off course a little bit, you know what? You should thank God if you have a pastor that says, hey, bud, you're just uh, getting over a little on the side here and maybe we can help draw you back. Amen. Or you have a brother or sister in Christ there to encourage you and just to say, hey, you know what? I see you're struggling. I know what you're going through and I know it's difficult. And I just want to encourage you that God is there to forgive, that God is there to take you in and, and that we're there for you. Hey, I'll be the first one to stand here tonight and say, that's what the church has been to me. And I'm so thankful to be a part of the greatest not organization, a church is not an organization, but it's an organism, it's a living, breathing, moving creation of God. His establishment on the earth for our edification, for our encouragement until he comes to take us out of this world. And I wanna say what a blessing it is to be a part of 87 year celebration for Bethel Baptist Church. And I'll tell you what, every year that you're here, you ought to count it. Because I'll tell you what, not everybody gets to go to a place like this. There's so many towns and villages, I'm sure here back home, no church, no church like this to go to. People are just getting by with whatever they can. 
Thank God for the church. It's, it's the greatest, greatest thing in this world. Amen, I'm so thankful for it. Beyond my salvation, the top three in my life, my salvation, amen, my wife and family and my church. Amen, God has been so good to us. And I'm so thankful that God chose to put a local body of believers together for encouragement and edification. Amen, to keep in the fight and keep on keeping on till Jesus comes. The church is still great. It is not irrelevant in 2019. It is not indifferent in 2019. The church of God still cares for souls. It still has a mission to go and preach the gospel to every creature and encourage God's people until the day he comes. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your church. We thank you for this church that you've put here, for Bethel Baptist Church, for Brother Fury, his wife, family, Lord, and all of the good people of this church. Lord, what a blessing. Thank you for it, God. I pray that we truly appreciate on this occasion, Lord, what's been given here. And God, you've made us stewards over much. And Lord, I pray that we'd be responsible with what you've given to us. Bless now as the pastor comes in Jesus' name. Amen. You come ahead.